Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Face Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC and Light 100.5 WRCH. Our guest this morning is Paul Kidwell. He is the Senior Vice President Policy at the Connecticut Hospital Association. The group has a lot of issues that it wants to see addressed coming up in the 2024 legislative session. We're going to dig into a number of those issues, why they're important, and some solutions that they're hoping might get passed by lawmakers when they go into session. Good morning, Paul. Welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, uh, Morgan. Thanks for having me. Look forward to the conversation. Absolutely. You know, you guys were just recently talking about a number of these issues, and so I want to run down some of them and get a little more information about what it is you guys are looking to have seen uh, done in a number of areas. And one of those areas is Medicaid reimbursements. It's something that we hear a lot about in healthcare and medical, and it's definitely an issue that's impacting facilities in Connecticut. Let's just start with the basics, Paul. How exactly do these work and impact Connecticut hospitals? Sure, and thanks for the thanks for the question. And I think uh, folks around the state have probably heard uh, about it, not just because of healthcare, but um, in all sorts of uh, human services um, uh, areas as well. So um, Medicaid is is one of our largest um, insurance, uh, uh, basically insurance companies um, in the state. It, it, it insures low income individuals in our state, just like Medicare insures um, an older population and commercial insurance. Um, ensures many, um, you know, uh, primarily through uh, employment. And uh, what we've seen um, over the last um, number of years is the reimbursements or the payments we're receiving from Medicaid to provide um, healthcare services is not keeping pace with how much it costs to actually provide those services. So, um, uh, you know, the, the state recently put out a report that indicated that um, Medicaid pays about 62 cents for every dollar of care provided. Um, And if you think about that and you think about Medicare, which pays about 74 cents for every dollar of care provided, 
Um, healthcare providers, including hospitals, need to figure out how do you make up the difference in cost and um, and, and why this issue is is important universally, um, not just to those individuals covered by Medicaid, but it's also important to individuals covered by employer-sponsored insurance because what happens is um, healthcare providers go to the commercial health insurance companies where where we negotiate for payment rates and 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 and, and the underpayment in those two uh, state and federal programs really put a lot of pressure on those negotiations to make up that difference. And so um, what we've been saying to the state is we want to be partners in how do we start to make sure that Medicaid payments are, are really keeping pace with how much it actually costs to deliver care. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be continuing that, that drumbeat with the state legislature this year. What do you think it will take in order to get them to hear that in order to get a little bit more money toward those reimbursements, what do you think you guys will have to do in order to make that a convincing case for them? Yeah. So one, I think it's, um, we, you know, we, we really highlight patient access. We want to make sure every patient in Connecticut has access to the same uh, services, uh, whether you're um, insured by Medicaid, Medicare, or commercial insurance. So it's for us all about access and in, in, in preserving access means ensuring that that the payments are keeping are keeping pace with with the with the cost. Broader than that, I think we we want to um, talk about um, Medicaid and how we can use it to support um, the health of our community. So how do we how do we you know switch our mindset a bit to say how can we keep people say who have diabetes and they need to manage that diabetes? How can we keep them? healthy in the community so that they're not needing the more expensive hospital services. Um, and so, you know, we, we think there are lots of opportunities there beyond, you know, listen, increasing payment rates is certainly very important and we're going to be asking for it. But we also want to talk about how do we uh, keep folks um, really healthy in the community so we can really start to decrease the pressure on those uh, really acute care services that um, are, are, are uh, by nature more expensive. I want to ask a question, and maybe this is more in theory than it is practical, but let's say that the Medicaid reimbursement is that $1, and it's not lagging by $0.25 cents or $0.35 cents or whatever it's lagging by. You know, would that ever be possible? Is that something that would help hospitals, or would you still be struggling in that area if it were full? Yeah. That, that's our goal. So our goal is that the payments cover the cost of providing the care. And so, um, you know, obviously when it's 62 cents of, uh, on the dollar, that's, we have a long way to go. But we think um, that, that um, in all instances, you know, the, the payments should cover those, uh, cover those costs. So that's our goal. Um, we, we think it would be wonderful to make some incremental steps towards that goal. Um, but certainly that would relieve an enormous amount of financial pressure um, on hospitals in the state. Just keep in mind, uh, last year, um, those, that, that unpaid Medicaid, um, uh, those unpaid Medicaid bills or that difference between what it costs and what we got paid was over a billion dollars last year. And so if we are able to close that gap, certainly that would really lessen the financial strain on, on the hospitals. And the hospitals are the ones that are on the hook for paying that, correct? 
That's right. That's just that's just um, care that is not compensated. And so um, again, we we use all the levers that we have in order to try to make up that difference. Certainly, you know, uh, reducing our costs and um, being as efficient as we can is, is part of that equation. Um, but there's only so much efficiency, uh, you know, to be gained. And so. Um, uh, it, it, it certainly, uh, like, like I said, puts enormous financial strain on the, on the hospitals. And, um, you know, we recently uh, put out a report on the health of the industry, financial health of the industry. And in, in 2022, you know, hospitals, um, had it, you were in a negative position, right? They were, they were losing money universally across the state. So, um, it's, Medicaid is one piece of that, a really important piece of that, and that's why we're so vocal about it. This is definitely a serious issue, Paul, no doubt, because we're talking about not millions of dollars, but in billions of dollars in debt, and that's just in Connecticut. And this must be an issue that you guys are hearing about with partners across the country as well. Absolutely. It's 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 not just a Connecticut issue. I mean, um, in Medicare, certainly Medicare underpayment plays, plays an important uh, you know role. But but Medicaid is a is a state federal partnership, so the state controls uh, primarily the program, and so that's why they have such an important uh, role uh, you know role in, in in how the program is is financed and how, it, how much it pays. What other kinds of debt? problems are hospitals facing in this day and age other than the issue of not being reimbursed for full Medicaid amounts? Yeah, I think two, two things. So one, um, just like, you know, families over the last couple of years in Connecticut have experienced um, inflation has been, um, you know, on the cost side, uh, something that hospitals have been grappling with. And if you think about all of the um, inputs that go into running a hospital, you think about labor costs and you think about energy costs and um, supplies and, 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 the, and drug costs, all of those things have been increasing uh, rapidly. And so when reimbursements don't keep up with those inflationary costs, um, you either run uh, certainly debt um, and or you have to start to trim, you know, on the cost side. So um, that has been a really significant um, factor. The other is um, we see how people's insurance is designed in a way where they are um, um, uh, more responsible than ever before for a part of their their uh, the cost of their care. So I think many people have now what are termed as high deductible health plans where individuals and families have to pay a lot more out of their pocket before insurance kicks in. And so that certainly puts a strain on, um, on individual and family finances. And it also, um, you know, when people are trying to make choices about, um, you know, certain bills, they, they, they pay, um, there's, there's a lot more, um, a lot more hospital bills that people just aren't able to, to, to pay. So we work, um, you know, very aggressively in making sure that our financial assistance policies are are applied so that uh, you know people uh, who qualify um, can get reduced um, bills or payment plans but you know certainly the 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 rise in those high deductible plans um, not only affects uh, individuals and families but also affects how 
um, you know, the, 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 the finances of hospitals, hospitals as well. I'm talking with Paul Kidwell. He is the senior vice president of policy with the Connecticut Hospital Association, and they are outlining a bunch of their legislative priorities for 2024, things that they're hoping that they can get the state legislature to correct in some way. And while we're talking about finances, this kind of transitions us into another issue, but it is related. You guys are also experiencing staffing issues as well. Um, The cost of labor has gone up as well. And so could you talk a little bit about the staffing and labor issues that hospitals in Connecticut are feeling now? Yeah, and it's uh, priority really number one. Um, We, uh, for, for years now, and exacerbated by the last couple of years in the pandemic, have found it more difficult to um, uh, to find um, uh, the professionals that we need in the hospital setting. So that starts with nursing, but it um, runs the gamut of all of those clinical and non-clinical professionals that really are so important to, to running, running the hospital. Um, you know, we think there are opportunities. Um, you know, we've worked very closely with the state and the Office of Workforce Strategy at the state to uh, think about and identify how we can um, uh, get folks trained quickly in the technical fields. And so we think that there are plenty of really great opportunities in working in healthcare. And so one, how do we train people more rapidly to get them in? And then once they're in, how do we identify uh, for those employees opportunities to grow in the field? So um, we, uh, you know, working on if, really strong, showing people really strong, here's the pathway. If you want to come in as a surgical technician, but you want to pursue your nursing degree, here's the steps that you should take, and here's how we're going to uh, help you along along the way. It also means we're working really hard with our um, education partners in the state colleges and the community colleges and um, the private universities on how do we get more teachers in the classroom for these professions. Um, and, and we have really wonderful um, clinical professionals who may also be able to teach. And so how do we partner to get those folks into the classroom? And then finally, how do we uh, attract, um, you know, or just make kids in the state, you know, as early as high school aware of um, opportunities in the future in healthcare. So, um, you know, exposing them to the types of jobs and career opportunities, um, exposing them to the types of education that they should pursue if they want to be in healthcare um, really a huge focus. Um, and then I wouldn't, I, I, I really want to emphasize, um, we want to make sure that, uh, once folks, you know, are in the field and, and all of the, uh, you know, wonderful employees we have around the state that they feel safe in the workplace, you know, working in a hospital can be a, a challenging environment. And what we've seen over the last couple of years is, um, the anger and the violence against healthcare employees has reached, um, just, completely unacceptable levels. And so, you know, we're taking steps to make sure that, um, that our employees feel safe. We, uh, late last year adopted across the state, a statewide code of conduct that says to patients and families that, you know, we need a respectful environment. Um, if we're going to provide care, we're going to treat everyone with respect when they come into the hospital, but we need the same respect from, um, from them as well. And so we're taking some, uh, you know, aggressive steps to make sure that, um, the, you know, the, the, the hospitals are as safe um, as they possibly can be for our employees and, and, and patients. 
There are opportunities for people to get into nursing and health care in Connecticut. There are new programs at UHART. There is also a new program at Eastern Connecticut State University for nursing. So we're seeing that there are universities and schools that are making the investment to get nursing programs and updated programs if they already had one in existence. I mean, we heard about the situation with Stone Academy last year and how that's left students kind of high and dry and trying to figure out a course of action. And that's unfortunate, but we are seeing that there are opportunities popping up out there. And so how are hospitals partnering with schools to make sure that their message that hey, we have opportunities here and this is what you should consider out to possible students and people who are interested in going to those classes. You know, we have so many uh, really experienced. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Clinical professionals, how we're working with the, with the universities and the schools to say, how can we get those those individuals into teaching positions in your classroom so that we can teach even um, uh, more nursing students and, and frankly, then ex- expose them to the value of the hospital setting and, and what some of those opportunities are like. So those partnerships um, have been really close for many years. They're growing, um, you know, every year as we seek new opportunities um, to really expand the number of nurses that were educating here in the state. And, you know, the most important thing is we want to make sure they remain in the state once they graduate. We think Connecticut obviously is a wonderful place to practice medicine and to be involved in healthcare. And so what are all the other things that we might need to do to make sure um, 
make sure that they they remain in the state. Is there anything that can be done legislatively to help retain existing employees? People uh, have certainly heard about burnout, Paul, that people who've been in the medical field for a long time and especially haven't gone through COVID, um, you know, they're feeling perhaps forgotten or left out. And, you know, that's not necessarily the case. However, that's how they feel. And so what can be done to help retain people who are really skilled in medical? Yeah. So, you know, certainly as you know, the work environment is something that we are focused quite a bit on. um, And that starts with safety. um, But that also um, starts with thinking about how do we create, um, you know, models of care where uh, individuals feel healthcare employees feel supported, um, that they have some flexibility to make sure that not only can they balance um, work, but the, the, all the um, priorities, important uh, and critical priorities outside of work and with your, with family um, and, and understanding as um, new employees come into the, uh, the field, you know, what are the things that they're expecting um, as uh, individuals just entering the workforce? Certainly some of that is uh, financial assistance. Some of that is opportunities to grow um, in the field. Some of that is, 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 is flexibility. So, um, you know, what that's a, that's something that we're adapting to, um, you know, year over year over year outside of the, um, you know, the hospital, the four walls of the hospital. Um, we also are supportive of creating an environment in the state where, um, people, you know, want to live that, uh, housing is, is, is attainable and affordable that, um, transportation is available, um, that, you know, things like childcare are, are, um, attainable for, for families. So it's, um, you know, it's for us, it's a real holistic approach to make sure that we're doing all we can um, as hospitals, but that we're supporting those initiatives outside of our walls that encourage individuals to stay in the state. Paul Kidwell, my guest this morning on Face Connecticut, Senior Vice President of Policy with the Connecticut Hospital Association. Paul, you've mentioned the S word a few times, safety. And it's something that's at the forefront of a lot of lawmakers' minds, I know, ever since Joyce Grayson's tragic death while working as a home health care employee visiting a halfway house in Willimantic killed last October. And so once the what's the talk in the legislature and among lobbyists and healthcare professionals trying to come up with something, some kind of enforcement to prevent that from happening ever again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it, it, it is, I think, uh, certainly in, in hospitals, the, the, our uh, number one priority with our employees is that they are safe um, and they feel safe. Um, and so, you know, we take uh, a number of measures in the hospital setting, um, starting with, you know, signage, et cetera, to make sure people understand um at the expectation, but also the consequence. Certainly we do measures to um, harden the, you know, the infrastructure. There are some instances where even we use metal detectors uh, for people entering, especially the emergency department. Um, We try to identify um, those individual patients that we think may pose a risk of harm uh, to our employees and make sure everyone is is aware of that while continuing to provide uh, that expected and critical, uh, critical care um, you know, one of the things that we uh, have identified as an opportunity 
is when something does happen um, in, in a healthcare setting, when someone is attacked or injured and uh, we need to involve law enforcement, um, what, you know, what steps can we take with law enforcement to make sure that those cases are, are prosecuted effectively so that those individuals face consequence for um, anything that they, you know, have done. So we'll be working directly there. I think in the home health space, as you noted, the tragic um, uh, death uh, last year, um, you know, there certainly need to um, uh, think about what are the measures that we, additional measures we can take to ensure that individual, you know, individual healthcare workers entering someone's home uh, are are as safe as as possible. Um, and so, you know, we'll be working with lawmakers certainly around there uh, in, in that in that work. Um, and again, we think there's a lot to do with with law enforcement, with identifying individuals who may pose a threat to healthcare workers um, in not just the hospital setting but um, beyond. And, and we just we know that lawmakers are, are, are uh, focused on this issue and we think it's an area of, of really important focus and looking forward to be part of that conversation. Paul, I've really enjoyed our conversation this morning on Face Connecticut. Paul Kidwell, the Senior Vice President of Policy with the Connecticut Hospital Association. We're down to our last few moments here. Is there anything that I might have missed? Yeah, so um, thank you. And this has been a wonderful opportunity one of the things that um, it seems a little esoteric to many people, but one of the things we'll be focusing on quite a bit is what, what in the state is called the certificate of need process. And it's a process by which if hospitals or any healthcare provider in the state want to make a change to services or they want to add a service or move a building or um, create more access in a community, they have to get the approval from the state um, in order to do that. We think that uh, process um, it's long overdue for that process to be updated and streamlined. It's taking too long. It's costing too much. And really, um, for, for all of your listeners today, it's, it's the, the impact is access to services in a community or preserving, um, you know, certain services in a community. Um, and, um, you know, we think, uh, well, we're going to be very aggressively talking to lawmakers about that this year. We think that the, the, that CON, that Certificate of Need process, should be thought more of just like a, uh, you know, um, administrative process and more about how do we use that process to really continue to strengthen healthcare delivery in the state of Connecticut. And I think we've gotten too far away from that and we want to get back to it. I know, and I've been hearing about the delay in getting that merger approved with Waterbury, Rockville, and Manchester Hospitals. And it doesn't seem like there's an end in sight in that process. Well, that's certainly a, a, a very big example of what I think we think is some underlying issues with the process. So that's a, obviously the, the, the largest example. But, but this, this goes down to, um, you know, very granular levels about whether um, an, an office can be moved down the street. You need, you know, approval for things like that. And, and um, it's, it's uh, again, it's we think for our economic competitiveness, for the delivery of health care in Connecticut, we want to make sure that we have all the services that people need right here in Connecticut. And uh, we want we think certificate of need that process should be uh, enabling that work rather than than hindering it. Paul, I really appreciate our conversation. We should do another legislative themed update at some point in the future. What do you say? Absolutely. 
Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.